Hey, on uh, this episode of uh, Coffee Steps, uh, I chatted with a, a friend, uh, Nimeru. Nimeru um, has a really interesting perspective because not only is he um, the roaster um, or a, a roaster at Stitch uh, Coffee Roasters, he's also uh, the trainer at a collective roastery in Sydney. And this gives him um, access to kind of like a, a wealth of knowledge about training people in coffee roasting and also being able to like see so many people uh, through this process gives him almost like a condensed way of understanding how to teach roasting um, and the challenges that people face when they first get into roasting. So it was great to sit down with him and kind of get a little bit more uh, information about what's challenging with new people and why people are starting roasting coffee for themselves. And he has this uh, beautiful perspective, um, which also resonates with me because I'm doing a lot of coffee roasting myself and I've trained a few people and in the end we want to be able to make this more accessible for people so when we're talking about these kinds of things in this episode I think uh, you you guys will get a lot from it because we're talking about the struggles that uh, we still face um, as as coffee roasters in this industry uh, we also talk a little bit about roast theory and philosophy we get a little bit uh, a little bit deeper on that as well so there's some uh, interesting interesting things that we actually walked away with um, and then we got to kind of work on um, in our own in our own systems. So it was a lot of fun to be able to talk with him um, about that and I haven't been able to have that kind of conversation with a roaster sitting down doing that in a long time. So it was nice to be able to kind of touch base on those things and, um, and relate in that way. We hope you guys get a lot from this conversation. Cheers. Uh, so yeah, like I was saying, it's a coffee from Ecuador. That what I, did you buy this year from Ecuador? I have bought three coffees, four coffees actually this year. I have, I just finished my last round of Sidra. So cool. there's a variety Some of the Sidras from Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah, I had a coffee. It's like vanilla sugar. Yeah. And black grape. Yeah, and I'm the. The cleanliness from Ecuador yeah. is insane. So yeah. even like the, they're not the craziest, like biggest to Sydney coffees. Mm-hmm. They've always got such great clarity. I mean, if you almost get everything a- that I've had has great clarity from Ecuador. So I got everything a- that people have been yeah. buying. Yeah. So I had a Cidra, I had a Pache. So I've just roasted a Pache, so it's releasing in a few days. Okay. It tastes like a high-end Ethiopian washed six years ago. So you know how Ethiopian wash was so high on citrus and so high on, you know, florals. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the budget tastes like at the moment. Because I have a, um, I have a tasting pack from, you know, Manhattan Coffee Roasters, Van Moira? Yeah, yeah. In the Netherlands. He sent me a tasting pack and, man, some of those coffees are freaking crazy but the best coffee to me was a coffee that was more coffee like you know more familiar to me as a coffee because i'm not a big process driven kind of person was this one called pepe and it's like Mm -hmm. it's this try try oxidation washed process but they just like a couple controlled temperature controlled fermentation regular fermentation a little bit of like a little bit of like deep pulp dry ferment, mm-hmm. then a little bit of controlled tank wet ferment, yeah, and then fully washed, dried slowly, 
and unbelievable. It was called Pepe. Yeah. Which I find was, but man, it was like insane. I have a friend who works for him. Manhattan? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I really, when we speak, um, Daniel, Daniel Pizante. He told me, he's like, bro, if you ever come to Europe, I'll convince Ben uh, that we'll open up a cafe together in the Netherlands. <laughs> he's like, hurry up. <laughs> what? They need a flagship store, apparently. Yeah, I yeah, Dan Crisante. Yeah, yeah. so many. When I lived in Melbourne, he was um, one this, of the head roasters for this the dishes. This, oh. this coffee. And so, what do they call it? It's Tipica. Oh, yeah. Tipica's are the best. Dude, yeah, so. That's good. my favorite varietal. Yeah, because yeah. it's like out of the mother varietals. Yeah. Tipica's better than Bourbon. I, I, I personally. Flowers and prefer fruit versus like if, caramels and yeah, butter. Yeah. If, if, if you have Plus, a good Tipica. Sometimes you can get the geishas, you know, geishas can go very wrong out of the window. Yeah. And even if you mess up a typical, it's still going to taste. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty decent. I, I, I honestly, I prefer a typical over a geisha. Well, they, they're at least more, a little bit more predictable. Yeah. A lot more predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the geisha have a very small window in terms of where you can get it right to get that geisha flavor. Yeah. I would say like the window of, I think, I mean, they're always going to be sweet. They're always going to have that correct around it, but. They're always going to have that. They're really like those, those specific geisha yeah. florals are always yeah. like there. Yeah. But for some reason, like, I feel like a lot of the time with the geishas, they're so unidimensional mm-hmm. that they lack like structure and yeah, complexity. 100%, 100%. Especially when we're not very good at roasting them because yeah. we can roast them like once a year for a special occasion and we're not allowed to screw it up. Yeah. So it's just like you can't really ever get it like a You can't have everything out of it. No. Yeah. And if right. you try it, like you risk more taking away those yeah, light exactly. flavors. So yeah. like in the risk of trying to develop and, it properly. And taking a, just, it away is like a few degrees, you know? One degree or two, and they can, they a couple can, of degrees yeah. can make a big difference in mm. how they might taste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling good, like. Yeah, me too, fine. man. Yeah. You guys are I'm just trying to figure I'm, out where I'm from. <laughs> in my corner, I'm like lifting my beer. I'm like, is this in the yeah, shot? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try the heat up. Hopefully it doesn't create shadow. Um, all right, let's just, let's just start. Do, we, do I do some form of introduction? Or just like, I can do an introduction post, um, like with you. And you I'll can start. do an introduction separately, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we can just we can start. But I'm feeling good. So yeah, me too. Let it fly. What are we doing? Pretty good, yeah. 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 Go with the flow. Um. All right. So. Yeah. Um. Just actually on what we we're just saying with the geishas. Did you buy any geishas this year? I I actually did buy a lot of geishas this year. Really? Yeah. Wait, where are you buying them from? Um, like importers wise, actually. Uh, importers wise, I bought a couple from Caravella. Yeah. Okay. How um, that one must be pretty. Ah, uh, pretty good ones. Pretty good ones. They would be, be surprised. Though. And I'm not gonna talk about the prices, but yeah, after the podcast, I'll talk, talk to you about the prices. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was surprised when I knew that a coffee could be a coffee like Geisha that 
scored the way it scored. Mark is honest with his score. Yeah. If you I'm 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 very honest. I'm like yeah. I hundred percent, hundred percent. I usually he's usually scored a point or two below what I usually score. So I know he's very, I, I, he's he's very greedy. He's very greedy with his scores. He's, he's yeah. tough. Yeah, he's yeah he's not like there's I mean there's obviously there's other importers yeah. that really like yeah they put things in micro lot levels yeah but realistic they're like they're like 85s 85.5s when yeah. talking to mark or carabella yeah it goes and then really low, yeah. But when, yeah, he so says, when he says a copy's like 87 yeah like yeah you, you're like I, I believe that you're like you, you stop it's, you it's stop like 88 89 and i want that yeah you want to like taste this copy yeah because the copies i score 85 he scores like 83 you know so mm. yeah so truth truth absolutely so geishas from him. I got a couple of geishas from him, and then I got some from Cafe Imports. Mm -hmm. I got one from Ecuador. I've got a geisha coming from Ecuador. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. You're still roasting Ecuador's now. A couple. Yeah. That you're saying the part yeah. shade. Yeah. Uh, so I just ran out of the Cedra. I'm rolling into the Pache soon. Yeah. And then I've got some Tipicas and geishas coming later in the year. Okay. in a few months or so also ecuador yeah ecuador okay. uh, got a very good tipica and a very good geisha geishas will be coming out in the cans okay yeah uh so it's going to be interesting you know longer shelf life yeah you know yeah well man uh, yeah some of the we should it definitely speak about is, but pricing too yeah i mean it's it getting is, pretty uh, it, it is getting pretty crazy to you know make sure the ship is afloat I would yeah. say, you know, it's getting out of the, out of the ship. All your base copies have gone up substantially, haven't they? Uh, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like, um, I could give you an example where um, I secured almost a container of coffee a year ago because mm -hmm. the quality was so good from Brazil, which was, I'm not going to tell you exactly what the price was, but... I can tell you in a in a way where if the coffee that I bought if I if I signed the contract for at that period where the coffee prices started going up was say around six or seven dollars a kilo, it went up to if you look at in the today's price it's eleven dollars for the same coffee. So yeah you can, you know elaborate how that will affect my customers in yeah. terms of you know making sure they are happy or they don't change suppliers we yeah. that's yeah. the biggest problem right because you know how we run we, we run just like one milk coffee mm -hmm. like just one producer yeah that went up 60 percent up on price yeah it was multiple <laughs> factors that like went went into that but still even like now we're seeing producers selling wet parchment before it even yeah. gets offered to the exporters that we're used to buying from. Yeah. This is crazy that, I mean, I, I, I understand that I won't be able to understand the pressures of a producer, but it's crazy to me. I'm like, whoa, like, we're going to buy yeah. coffee from you all the time for more than market value, always. Yeah. But they still, they, they see the market go up. And the coffee's like just depopped and wet, and then just go just throw it at the local market. Yeah. Like just literally drop it off by the point of and get paid straight up. Because they're like, they just want the cash now. 
tickets yeah. and stuff like that. And they, 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 they're actually more. having a lot of problem with that, like pickers yeah. in Guatemala, yeah. for instance, right? Had a lot of problems with the bus in Guatemala this year. Mm. We lost our our lot that we bought for four years. Didn't even get offered. Yeah. Under all got all sold to like a commercial yeah. um, exporter. Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, four uh, years, like yeah. four years. It's like, but the reality is we're small. It doesn't matter. Four years to me is like, to them, it's more important to put. Um, I mean, food on the table. I literally have a palette of Guatemalan coffee that I was supposed to use for my single origin, but ended up putting in a blend because it was just, you know, below the belt, I would say. It just did not turn out to be the way it was. I mean, I don't... When, when did this land? This landed uh, early Jan. It was in the warehouse about Feb. But yeah, the coffee turned out to be, you know, pretty papery. Uh, more damp, I would say. Wait, wait, why? Yeah. Yeah, I, what I found in, in, when, when we were taking. Are you talking about, yeah, are you talking about a San Isabel or no? No, no. Because San Isabel, I know, it faded a lot from a lot of people. Again, I'm not going to mention the name. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. But uh, what I found this year with all the Guatemalan coffees were the moisture levels were much higher than what they were supposed to be. Generally yeah. speaking, uh, Guatemalan coffees in the past few years, in my experience, I've had them, I've always had them within that 10 to 11 bracket, right? Yeah. Where the moisture levels have never fluctuated over that. But this year, most of the Guatemalans I had were either 12%, or higher, yeah. or at least eleven percent. So that was. I definitely saw some high moisture. Yeah, that. You know, they're obviously not drying adequately. They're trying to yeah. sell it at the highest market points. And yeah, it's it's pretty bad that we don't have good agreements in yeah. in place. I mean, it, it's it's definitely like a it seems to be a real problem. Yeah, I mean, really uh, experienced importers and exporters are dealing with trying to get people to dry adequately to fulfill quality contracts. They yeah. Just like, they hit export level moisture, yeah. and then it's like done. Yeah, and also that, and it's also tragic in a way where you can say, because you have faith, the coffee industry, in a, in a sense, it's like, you trust today, you're not going to trust tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to have, maybe... You might have a good source, but there are a lot of people in the industry where they're like, you know, they might trust you today and might not trust you tomorrow. So I might like Guatemala today. I might not like it tomorrow just based on one, you know, slight accident that might happen in Guatemala that caused the whole, you know, incident to happen. For, yeah. for instance, the whole moisture level going up and coffee tasting a bit damp, you know, papery, cardboardy, whatever yeah. we can... Are you scared of buying Guatemala this year? Yeah, time? like me, myself, I'm like, I mean, I buy so much, right? Uh, minimum, I need to have a 300 to 400 kilo green inventory to run for at least six to eight weeks for a certain origin, yeah. right? So yeah. if I'm going to lock in for something like that, and also because it's not just about uh, Stitch, for, for instance. Yeah. I also work for Eker that... 
basically helps other roasters with the resources. So there are a lot of small business holders that rely on us to buy the right coffee for them. Yeah. So if because they're, they're obviously yeah they're trusting you to buy good coffee in yeah. order for them to yeah to funnel through yeah into their programs yeah exactly yeah. and this year it happened a lot where most of the times people would just based on my recommendation they would be like okay I'll buy that right and when they buy the coffee they would be happy but there were some coffees this year where they were like you know where I had a phone call saying you know. The coffee was a bit papery, or the coffee was even a bit baggy. So yeah, is this from customers of Pika? Yes. And then it's like, yeah, but they're going to make their own decisions, right? Yeah, but but there comes that trust factor, right? So if I'm not able yeah, to, like, you know, should know, like he's yeah, coffee, he knows so he, better or he whatever, right? So he if, wants the best for the, yeah, you know, he wants the best for yeah. Stitch as well. So yeah. he's going to be like looking after Stitch. Yeah. And you don't want them. You don't want them to put me, put a tag on me saying he's ripping us off or something like that. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, more important, like than any anything else. Mm. So, is there? Do you think that's really changed the way that you're? What yeah. You, what you'll buy this year? Uh, definitely, man. Definitely, I will really need to look into what's going on based on like from me for for a roaster where I before it was based on pre shipment samples, right? So I would rely a lot on what a pre shipment would score like or would taste like, and I would get an approval and taste it, right? But this time I think because you don't get approval samples with all the suppliers, right? So you might get with a supplier like MCM, but you're not going to get an approval sample supplier with somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, and if you're doing contracts though, you're always getting, yeah, but still uh, when you're buying a big bulk, there's always a, if, nan, but there's a bit of a trust yeah. uh, factor going between me and the supplier. When, if I reject a, you know, two pallets of coffee, they're, they're, they're not going to give me the same, um, what do you call it? exclusivity next year? Yeah, yeah so always, um, I need to make sure. Yeah, there, there is a factor where I need to keep that relationship factor in check all the time. Yeah, we've we've actually bought some terrible coffees because to yeah. keep the relationship. Yeah, and even like I'm not saying this is a smart thing to do for anyone else who's going out into roasting, but yeah. we. There was, there's, there's been two lots over the last four years that I've, I've bought because we bought them the previous year and I wanted to support the same producers or co-ops. Yeah. But they landed terrible, tasted nothing like the pre-shipment samples. Yeah. And then the, ex, like the exporter and importer, or the importer in most cases, is just like, you don't have to take it. Like, it, we know it doesn't match you know, the, it doesn't match the PSS or you can have it at a discount. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, how am I going to, how am I going to learn to take risk? Yeah. Unless I take it, you know, like I can't always just take coffee when it just tastes really good. You know, because like there's some yeah, element. Like what you just <laughs> said, like you'll take it at a discount rate, right? When, when that kind of conversation comes into break, there's a, there's something big. Yeah, there's something big. There's like, you know, um, there's a fact where it's like I said, there's a bit of a 
next time I might not get the same exclusivity yeah. with a different coffee. So well, we're, we're so small, so we never really worry so about it. So it's like, you know, <laughs> when somebody like a company puts something like, you know, discount or something like that, then you gotta think about it. But not that you have to, but sometimes you have to think about the relationship between yeah. Do you yeah. want exclusivity? Of course, man. Yeah. Uh, is it just because of how cutthroat the industry is? You just don't want like, you know, Stitch having or any other I member mean, of yeah. Ego like having, you know, this label that's also just like spread throughout Sydney with every other roaster. Is that the main issue? Like, no, I, I think it's not an issue. I think it's, uh, in a way, I would say, I would like everybody to have something of their own to represent themselves, something yep. about themselves. Yeah. Like, for instance, I love roasting Tipicas and Citrates. It's like, I, I just love them. I, I, I hate uh, Marago Ipes every now and then, you know, because they're so challenging. Yeah. But um, I want everybody to basically showcase themselves in a way where they look good and they want to show what they want to so we can understand what the representation is about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think exclusivity in that sense, one of the senses is, yeah, good. And also in another sense as well, you know, sometimes coffee is like a, um, Geisha for Panama, for instance, that was produced two bags a lot, you know, the whole year. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have something like that as well because then, you know, people would want to try that. That, that helps you yeah, in the yeah. business side of the part where you get the image and, you know, yeah. The tension, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've always thought about the the exclusivity thing for me is obviously like really challenging. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah. I'm gonna buy four bags, you know, or something. Because when mo I think we're mostly buying if I'm buying a Colombian coffee, maybe three bags or like two hundred and ten kilos. Or if we're buying something like sixty kilo bags, I might do like, you know, four of it and end up at like two hundred and forty. Kilos, and that's like the max we can take to run a coffee for like, we'll still run that coffee for like <clears throat> probably two, two and a half months. It's probably two and a half months. So that's a long time, you know? Yeah. So, but then no one, everyone's just like exclusivity on like such a small amount. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want exclusivity. They always like, ask me, like, do you want it? I'm like, no, I want other people to, if the coffee's good, like, I want other people to have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes, Sometimes I'm scared for people to have it because, you know, it's like there's vulnerability there, Yeah. you know, because you can always hide behind your coffee and say, if you're cup in a table of Kenyans from 10 different roasters all around the world mm -hmm. and none of those Kenyans are your Kenya, it doesn't matter if your Kenya is the worst on the table because, you know, it was different. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if your coffee is the same as like two or three other people, then it's like this, for me, it's like really humbling, you know, and even we've done, um, you know, the, um, you know, Melbourne Coffee Merchants, yes. the, they do cup, let's cup, let's cup. Rwanda, yeah. let's cup, you know. It's more of a competition cup. for me. Yeah, for me, I, like, I love I want, it. So. I want it to be my, my coffee, whatever I send there. So we always cup blind, we always cup blind. Yeah, same, we, same. We send most of the time and our whole team cups blind. And we're all like, we make like a little bit of like a little yeah. event out of you it. You guys should know? reveal it as yeah. well. What happened? Like, what's your favorite? Oh, uh, oh no. I, so I actually messaged the people. 
Oh really? Yeah, I messaged him on Instagram. That means I've not yeah. been their favorite for a while. No, so I, I, I messaged him. Explain what it is. Oh, yeah, so the, like this Let's, let's Cup yeah. kind of like system, obviously by by Melbourne Coffee Merchants, they, they, they're, a, they're an importer that work with other exporting partners and they, um, they essentially, they will sell directly to roasters within Southern Australia. Um, I don't think they sell to any outside of Australia, mm-hmm. but sell to everyone inside Australia. And then they send this email to everyone who's bought these coffees from them from a certain origin Let's say like Rwanda, because yeah. we, we we probably passed yeah, in the, better, yeah. In the we Rwanda did, one. We did. I I did like your office. And then, um, and then we would all submit coffee, and they would go to them, and they would break up all this coffee that they've personally imported and then distributed to us. Yeah. They break it all up into these like little packs that, and then redistribute them all to all the roasters who yeah. submitted, and then we get to taste everyone's coffee yeah. who submitted. And for us, it's like exciting, yeah, humbling, yeah, and like sometimes it's like for me, one one, one interesting thing this recent one was we're cupping all these Bolivians, and I got to taste the geisha from from Melbourne Coffee Merchants, and it was from Code Black. Code Black, uh-huh. and Code Black did such a good job with that geisha, and I was just like, I want to buy, I want to buy that geisha. Did you buy the year. natural geisha as well? No, it was the natural geisha. Yeah, and I, was like, I, I do have that. Uh, oh, so, and I was like, I want to buy that natural geisha. They did such a great job with it. But I messaged the guys who used our coffee. Man, I missed out. Cause, oh, sorry, uh, the thing that. with the whole, because I know the I, I always participate in the Let's Cup, yeah. any event they do, because we buy a lot from you. Because um, our um, schedule, uh, coffee scheduling has been running behind a bit on what coffee we are gonna run because of the whole massacre oh, that man, happened this is, this is a covid because our happened with us too. yeah we, we missed out if we're not in it it's because we're not running them yeah like we actually don't have the coffee yeah at the time. so i had bolivians running one month after so basically i'm running i'm we're launching our first bolivian this year we're about four this year um end of this week so yeah, they've already done the, Yeah, so yeah, we, we just finished our Rwandans. We'll finish our Rwandans in a week or so. And then we're moving to Bolivians, but we haven't even, we're not even because they're already doing again. the Colombians. So I got them to do the whole mock-up and the labels and everything. So our product is ready to, before the launch to go to MCM just for the competition. Well, really? Yeah. So you're dedicated, man. Man, you know, it's, so it's, it's it's like you said, it's it's a humbling experience when somebody else does Especially a really good job. Especially when there's a coffee that is same as you bought and somebody else does a better job than you and you're like, ah, oh, this coffee is, you know, whatever it is. Or, you know, it's a, you know. Yeah. There's heaps of times, though. So one, one thing that I really love about it is because I know so many of the roasters. Yeah that are using these copies, when we put them on the table, mm-hmm. we like also play guessing games on whose copy is whose. Always. 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 Like, and it's crazy how accurate we are really? because of, yeah, because of the profile styles. Mm-hmm. We also know if they've got, a, like, what kind of coffee they got. Yeah. I mean, like, I... Code Black, when we were cupping. Yeah. It was, like, the only coffee on the table that was going to be black yeah like but we, they just did such a good job with it we do that with roasters we were part of the uh, eco umbrella mostly yeah so like because we we, tr- we interact them with so much um 
every week almost like every week we're in interaction with them trying their coffees so basically we we know what primary coffee would taste like on the table we yeah, would we know guess. what artificial would taste like on the table yeah, you know the, and we, then there are some people like made of many outside the umbrella it's like ah oh, this guy might be that you know and yeah. we 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 80 percent of the time we get it right yeah. and sometimes we can't even pick our own coffee so there are those moments as well. I don't know if you yeah. have those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the last one. The last one was the, the Libya one that we yeah. participated in. And there were two coffees on the table. And I'm like, look, ours is either this one or this one. Yeah. And I said, I'll be honest, I don't know. But this one's better. Like, it's a better version of yeah. this coffee. And you might be feeling that's And fine. I'm feeling it. No, I don't feel it. And I'm like, I was having that doubt. I'm just like, yeah. maybe. They were so close as well like the profiles the expression was the same one was a more intense expression of the coffee mm -hmm. which i think for me was the biggest challenge with bolivia this year yeah well bolivia in general this is the first year roasting bolivia for me ah uh, okay so i never really experienced trying to get good expression out of bolivia coffee. yeah i i, I think they just generally need more development yeah they do 100 yeah. percent, they do and it was like a hard thing for me to wrap my head around yeah getting there also because it starts to take on color so then they like always look way darker yeah than they but they need to go along they darker. yeah they do yeah. exactly but they don't taste roasty yeah they look darker you, you go light on them they're gonna taste like cashew nuts or almonds yeah, yeah. they just taste very heavy yeah. um but anyway the, the best the better coffee was not us yeah um like it just edged it out and anyway i messaged them Saying like, I love your coffee. Well, I haven't received any message yeah. from this guy. No, not me yet. No. I, well, the I thing is, if it's nice. a different, if it's a different copy, because yeah. we actually buy it, always different copies. Okay. Then. Ah, you usually SMS the guy who has the same coffee, or. Yeah. I mean, I didn't message Code Black. Okay. But they did a great job. Yeah. With their coffee. They'll know about yeah. it. <laughs> They'll know about it now. Yeah. Damn it, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I look. Uh, Honestly, yeah, there's I one thing that actually just I, honestly with the coffees from Stitch. Nah, finally. Yeah, yeah. finally. Here. <laughs> yeah, represent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually surprised at the consistency yeah. of the coffee in regards to the. See, because I think for us, where we constantly go through like little micro changes, mm -hmm. and like you could not drink our coffee for a while. And if then if you see it again, it's actually yeah. quite different. Yeah. And you're like, oh wow, they're going that direction. Yeah. But where like where you guys like whenever I'm I I kind of like I know what I'm gonna get myself into and like I get always good express the most of the time I'll drink your coffee at like Hatfield. Yeah. Um that would be like the, the space that I would like to see it most. And the other place that I've actually bought a bag from is uh Cavalier. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so like they've always got this crazy shelf. Yeah, <laughs> they got all the guest roasts. They got like all yeah, the guest roasts. Yeah, they got Equal, they got Mega Mini, Stitch, yeah. uh, Double double Tap. The, the, one, the one issue I've found is, which is why I probably actually have to visit the, the Broadway store, is I mean, You haven't been there yet. No, no, do you know what? I, every time. Ah, so last time, okay. every, no, so actually here's, here's the thing. So I'm intimidated by that store. Why? Because it's really it's really like big and clean and looks so pretty but it's so friendly no but the things i know no one in there 
every time I'm there, no one's there that I know. Well, you let me know next time yeah, you're there, and I'll be behind the bar just for you. <laughs> I feel like I literally like I was there on. Um, you got a lot of fans in there. I was know, there like right? wait, I was there like what what week? Maybe it was even just like last week on Wednesday, and I walked past and I like uh, looked in and I'm like looking around like, do I know anyone? Do I know anyone? Oh, I don't. And that I was, was the day. Now I wasn't at the shop. <laughs> now I was usually always at the shop. Is he really? No, yeah. he wasn't there. That's why. I mean, like you were, you were walking mm-hmm. in, you were there. And I always go around, go around the corner and get bung bung noodles. Okay. Like, oh man, that's such good. Like, man, like, you know what's the most hidden gem in that one. area? Oh yeah, tell me. So I there's a there, so that's where stitches and there's a. Uh, bistro or a pub right across us underneath um, Broadway Shopping Center. Yeah, I know so, They've got a Thai food kitchen in there. Okay. So they, they, they just do Thai food in the pub. In, in the pub. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, a, I don't know, they're like a, they just do, they're separate, but in the same space. Right? I understand. So yeah. Yeah. They, they, they do the most authentic Thai food in Sydney. Really? According to the Thai people in Sydney. Wow. Yeah, it was spicy as fuck, man. Oh, I gotta go. You gotta go. Because I, I love, yeah. I love, I, I love spice. We yeah. make hot sauce, like, yeah. like real, like long fermented, yeah. like hot sauces, and we use like a lot of reapers and okay. ghost yeah, peppers, and it. we use some crazy yeah. stuff. So I've got a good, I've got a good spice tolerance. So yeah, like, just when someone says yeah, spice, you gotta take like, a bottle of water when you go. Okay, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna call you and have, I'll have coffee. But, but you're vegan. I am vegan, yeah. yeah. But no, they're usually actually pretty good because there's they, a lot of the time they've got like Tofu? at least the understanding. Okay. Because even inside like inside like Thailand, they'll have like like J. Yeah. Um, and like the J will be like less. Like no garlic, no ginger, no heavy spices. Cause but it's you, like, can, you can have. I can have that yeah. stuff, but they're like used to that. Yeah. The veganism with the low spices yeah. for spirituality reasons yeah. and things like that. So, so they've got at least the understanding of it. Where like there's some there's some cuisines which is like they think that you know, fish is vegan. Yeah. Now they, I so, mean, there's a lot of fish sauce and uh, yeah. oyster sauce. Yeah, it's hot with like sauce sauce. But they still know good cooks know how to cook without. But if you're a meat eater. They do some really good, good mm. stuff. Yeah. I can take some maybe your friends. I'll take Junji. Yeah. Junji will love yeah, it. Yeah, you just make him the judge. Because we, we, we only got the like Sichuan um like style like um, have you was, always been a vegan or did you just vegan recently turn into a vegan? Oh, man, how many years? Seven years? Seven years. Vegan? Maybe? Six or seven years. Wow. How did you do that, man? I couldn't last more than one month. I've been vegetarian 12 years. Yeah. It's easy. You just kind of make it, well, you've got to, it's just like, it's just like anything. You, you make a commitment. I'm, I mean, I was very committed for one month. I didn't touch any meat, no yogurt, no fat, no dairy. And why did you get back? Because everybody where I was living with was, I did. I was losing weight. I felt so much energy coming in my body. You know, I was I was flowing with energy, but there was so much steak and so much 
you know it's because you pork live in belly and yeah i mean you know it, it's hard man if somebody's eating meat for uh breakfast lunch and dinner it's it's very hard dude you know well, it's, it's actually it's hard for me yeah in the level that there's so many times when someone will explain like just like exactly like you just did there's this place you've got to go it's a great flavor experience ah were like you married seven years ago yeah yeah that's right i was married 10 years ago but in, yeah so you both decided to go vegan didn't you well no actually so shandara went vegan before i did yeah so you did it and then so, yeah i no, didn't have so you had i watched one of those i watched one of those documentaries yeah it's and always then, the wife first yeah it is yeah it is yeah yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> well actually well she was vegetarian yeah and then i went vegetarian Yep. To make things easier. Come on, man. And then, there you go. Gotta bring no, the meat back. I'm not, I'm not going back. No. They're talking all these sorts of things about the whole carnivore diet and stuff. You gotta introduce that, man. The carnivore diet. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, I mean, you know, I, I hope it doesn't get you offended or anything. No, no, no. Yeah. Are you doing carnivore diet now? No, I'm trying to, but it, I are love my... No, I'm not doing it, but... I'm interested in... I'm interested in doing it. Oh, really? You know what I mean? I know some people who yeah. kind of gone that route. But ideally, I think, if you could do it in a balanced way, like not the kind of diet, but if you could do diet yeah, in that, a really balanced way. Yeah, that's a bit too intense. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't I don't see how you can say that yeah, vegetables just having are bad. Yeah, just having organs. Vegetables just don't seem like a bad idea to me. Yeah. Vegetables also don't make a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. So I don't see it's like, I don't see it's like the people who are growing vegetables trying to like extort me into. But I think, I mean, if, if we start listening to everybody, whatever they speak on internet, it's, it's hard, right? Because somebody will tell you, don't eat stems from plants or don't eat leaves because they have got defense mechanism. Uh, oh, yeah, grain. And, and, yeah, and, really you big. know, don't eat seeds, like don't eat beans you and lentils. Like, They're not to, good for you. You need to soak they, they, they sell, them, yeah. acid. Yeah, so, you know, I think end of the day is what works for you and, you know, what you think will make you happy. I mean... I would rather be happy than you know, suffer. Yeah. Be See, I, I still, I still intermittent fast. And I started, Why would you do that? See, I did that. Yeah. I started that. I started that years ago. So I started that. We we got married ten years ago, and I started it on our honeymoon because I was just reading a bunch of blogs from this. Um, I read this book called Eat Stop Eat by Brad Pillon. Mm-hmm. Good book. Right? And it started my idea of like metabolism. And then I started following a blog, which was, I think it was called, at, at that point, I was really into fitness. Yeah, well. I, was, I was studying nutrition as well, like in my spare time, like as in like, like buying, purchasing courses and doing these courses. And I was just like really interested in that kind of stuff and well-being in general. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading this blog by a guy called Martin Birkin and he's like, Weed. Anyway, he's a strength, a strength coach. Okay. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. Now I'm like, it's a diet, but he's like doing it for strength purposes. I was like, interesting. So then I got into it and started doing it. It was the easiest diet for me to do because I love food, and it seems contradictory to like fast. Yeah. But it meant that 
if I fasted for long enough, if I got in my eating window, I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I, so I don't exactly. need to stop. Exactly. And I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm hardly a big person, right? I'm yeah. lean. But you're always you, ask, you ask anyone, and there's no one, there's no one that they know that eats more than me. Because I get to eat whenever I want. Because I like fast for certain periods. Do you fast like every day or? Still almost, still almost every day. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not really like strict about it anymore. No. Like we were talking about it today actually at the cafe because we've got someone in our team, he's doing intermittent fasting and he's getting, there was, there was this conversation, maybe he was getting a little bit grumpy mm-hmm. while he was fasted. Yeah, it does happen in the start. But for me, it didn't happen for me. Like for me, I just like, I felt great. Like I hit this wall, right? And like you started wet wanting food and then half an hour passed and then I'm in like this like, and if you've done the fasting before, I felt like I was in like this I, like- Man, I do it every I felt day. Like I, like, I was like Mario and I just like hit, I just like picked up a star and I was just like, yeah, I was just like super focused and I feel like I'm super efficient here. And anyway, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean- I, I, re- I really liked it. Honestly, there's not been any results seen in myself physically. Cause I almost fast every day. At you least, still do? yeah, sixteen hours almost every day, man. So if I had my first meal, so the first meal I had today was the red wine. Yeah. So. What's the red wine? Yeah. Well, yeah. So the tomato and the bruschetta was the first meal I had today. Yeah. At what time? Was I had the, the last meal I had so was. Uh, yes. You okay. no calories as well. Nothing. No, nah, it's not like nothing strict or anything. Yeah. Okay. Like, you're saying you're not eating a big meal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not eating, eating a meal. Like, no, nah, I, I do eat, uh, but I try to keep it to a minimum. So if I want to eat, I want to eat something uh, before six, right? Um, something nice and easy, high solubility, you know, good fibers. Uh, try not to eat too late, but if I eat, say, six to eight tonight, yeah, I'll eat tomorrow around two to four. That's when you start. Yeah, I'll start. You know. Uh, you see, this, yeah. it's not too different to me. So I put the kids. To but sleep. I don't know. I don't lose any weight. I don't think it's always like. Well, yeah. I don't get it. There's a problem with me is the moment I eat, start eating two to three meals a day, I start getting weight. Ah, yeah. See, but this is just a classic. Yeah. Warm, Finally, in past and few months, I've lost down by four kilos. So this is because yeah. obviously a more genetic. Yeah, it could be. A more genetic thing. Yeah. But that means it works kind of for you. Yeah, I think well, I need to fast a lot to make sure. Yeah. And train, because I'm training jujitsu as well. Like, yeah. Doing at least three I've got kids, kids, that's my four. training at the moment. Oh, mate. That's a, yeah. Which I don't know how you do it. We have a gym in the cafe in the Road Street, like upstairs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so everyone, like, we do, I mean, like, a, a bunch of the workers that, like, they'll. They hang out for the gym. They hang out. They do. They'll do something good then. Yeah, everyone will, everyone will like finish on a Saturday and then everyone will like go, what circuit do we want to do? Yeah. We'll go do a circuit together and then we... Well, what time do you do that, man? Call me in because I don't have any gym on Saturday. Two o'clock. No, I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> after fives? Oh, after five. Come yeah. in. How, how early do you start? Like? How early? I start nine. Junji does the sled pushing. 6 a.m., doesn't he? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he does. 
Because he's like uh, he's got some muscle there. And he's trying to build he's trying to build leg stability, knees, knee stability, yeah. ankle stability. He's been and watching the ankle back. over toe guys. Dude, he follows yeah, right. He follows right. Right. Knee over toe guys. guys. Yeah. yeah. And me too, I, I follow him as well. I yeah. I've started doing the resistant band. I've been trying to do the thing with the resistant band and go back. Yeah, see for me it's like I'm taking I'm taking a break from all that stuff. Because like what we're talking about with balance, it's just like mm. for my life right now it's not for me to do really hard training, it's not balanced because I've got like just parent responsibilities, still got to run around the roastery to be there to. I mean, I talked to you that you have two kids, two kids, yeah, and running a business and still have this bright smile on your face. I already had stuff. Just because life's it's, good, you know. Yes, the moment I think yeah, about it, I'm like, okay, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just too scared. What scared for what? To get married and have kids and. Mm. Well, I think for <clears throat> I think for a lot of people it's scary now. I don't think I. I, I mean, a lot of people look at the inflation, that, bro. I don't know. A lot of people think like, what? Like, why would you want to look at the direction the coffee is mean, going? Also, people are very negative about population in general. Like, look, I would I would love to have a wife and a kid if I was you know, if I had a much 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 stable you know income coming in and you know that would have had a much better result in having a much easier life but you know what i mean yeah in current situations it's just the way the world is running and it's so uncertain it's it's hard man you know because what if another covid hits tomorrow there's another virus and you know mm-hmm. everything stops because it it did happen uh two years ago when you know, I almost, we all, everybody, like, I don't know about you, but yeah, everybody working 40 hours a week was cut down to almost eight to 10 hours a week, you know, that, yeah. that, something like that, where he, for somebody like me who does uh, quality control and tasting coffee and analyzing coffee and making sure the coffee is coming good and the coffee is always fresh and looking into roasting profiles and for a guy like that, especially there's no room you know what i mean sure like because because yeah. they can cut the fat yeah because it's like yeah, yeah. it's hard like not that they want to get rid of me but there was not enough room for me to do that yeah you get what i mean yeah, like, there's not enough work yeah that, there wasn't enough for work for me to be that assessing kind of that kind of stuff and spending time and doing that because there were other 10 to 12 other people who needed a job and the hours to do it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what scares me the most. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting, actually, because you bring up that it's like you're kind of saying... It's uncertain. That, yeah, and that also that quality and the assessment of quality is secondary to actually producing. Yeah. Right? Because you've got to roast the coffee. Yeah. That's the primary, primary thing. Primary thing. And then the... Yeah. And, and you then, gotta pack then, the coffee, you gotta box it like this, everything else. And that's became the bed bones of Yeah. That's that was my that. first eye opener, man. Yeah. yeah, that I need to know more than just being able to analyze or assess or, you know. Be yeah. a good guy who can tell, you know, what a good coffee or a bad coffee is or how to fix this or, you know, if you have a problem. But in many ways it's like I mean, I think of it as a good school. Have you seen consulting opportunities come up 
Uh, not during the period of COVID. Not no, during that. No, but, no. But uh, yes, definitely. But in general. Yeah, in general, yeah. Uh, there, there's been a lot of approach recently and in the past. Is it people year? setting up spaces or people established that need help? It's mostly uh, either people who want to establish their own place yeah. or people who are interested in establishing their own place. They're in that, you know, idea phase. Idea phase. You, yeah. I was actually like, the, something that you would know so much more than me about is like, do you think that when people start roasting coffee, they're just like, they get in this like, little echo chamber of themselves and they just like roast coffee and then they just do coffee or do they, are they constantly looking outwardly? Like, you know, all the members of, you know, eco, are they like, are they, once they start roasting with you, once they learn how to roast with you and then they start yeah. to, are they, do they just want to start doing their own thing and then just like want to be like left alone or do they, they're constantly looking for like outside inspiration. Are they constantly, trying to submerse themselves in the coffee industry and around other, like are they trying to still be around every industry event possible? Are they trying to drink other people's coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, what I've seen in my uh, experience is a lot of different types of personalities. Yeah. There are people uh, who love attention and would love to have uh, feedback or input in okay. your, um, uh, project or whatnot, right? And there are people, no matter what input you have, they're still gonna keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you tell them, or you know, there are people who don't want to be a part of whatever they're doing, and there are people who would love to have as much input as you can, so that. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are always gonna be two sides in a coin, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty. Pretty interesting because I'm always I'm always trying to work out where the industry like as a whole is like if they're still really just curious people. Yeah, like I mean, know, honestly, me like or they're just more practical. Yeah, they're just like they're roasting because they just they just want to take control of this process where they think that roasters have been ripping them off. So then they want to start roasting for themselves yeah. to take control over it, or they're just like they're just super curious. Yeah, I mean, I, I come across uh, both uh, personalities, uh, honestly, because yeah. I see people who would spend hours asking me about how I can fix this and whatnot, you know, um, like, how can I fix my coffee? And there are people also who will ask me regardless questions, uh, basically not having a startup uh, strategy. You know what I mean? So yeah. they don't have a startup strategy and they'll just keep asking me questions, the same questions every week. There are people like that as well. And there yeah. are people who would love to have an input for me to, you know, or for them to have a better product in their arsenal. Yeah. And there are people, no matter, they will ask me for an input and then they will end up doing the same thing anyway. So yeah. it's just very hard to say where you know, or what they want. There's just so many different kind of personalities in the industry. Personally, that's yeah. what, that's what I think. That's what I've come across. Do you cup with a lot of other members? 
having controlled roasts. Yeah. So good looking profiles usually follow controlled roasts mm-hmm. because they look yeah. like they're, they're simplified gas changes. Um, the curve is predictable mm-hmm. and in order for a curve to be predictable it's like follows quite a linear rate of rise and it happens yeah. to be that like this rate of rise is like a declining yeah yeah, yeah. like rate of rise so it's like an image that looks like an inclined plane yeah yeah and it, it yeah exactly it looks really controlled because you can't predict it over yeah. time yeah yeah um and so it was a it's a common thing like that people will always ask, ask yeah. yeah yeah and also when i worked at like previous roasters um that's why i have one profiles. of my instagrams completely oh really yeah because yeah, i i would like start getting too many questions oh really yeah because I, I started getting more like whenever I, if, if, I, if there's any profile post whether it was, it was on a forum or something and it was about anything to do with the curve people would ask whether or not i have experience with Curves crashing and how to yeah fix solve it. it yeah and most of the time for me I'm just like man is your coffee like light enough or dark enough like I don't know yeah like that's the biggest question to me because like how dark is your coffee yeah how light is your coffee yeah like we can't even have a conversation unless yeah I think the first question you, unless you anybody know. needs to ask is what do they want to achieve yeah. getting out of that inclined curve right like. There can be various types of inclined looking curves. Yeah. But what are you as in sense or you're a volume based roaster, which is trying to knock out a lot of kilos that's trying to maximize the use of your roasting machine? Or are you a micro roaster that's trying to just do very selective stuff and trying to just focus mostly on the quality part of the yeah which brings in very different ideas of approaching roasts where well when you're putting a 70 kilo in a 70 kilo machine yeah you're not gonna be able to have a lot of say in the roast because the roast you know is mostly under control of what you're doing and you're not under control exactly you yeah that's 100 yeah do you um What's your what's your favorite roaster at the moment to work on? Uh, Not necessarily brand, but like you, like just which one are you roasting on that you um, enjoy the most? Just the P five still? Um, I I I love the P five because you know I can do such because uh, I've worked the most with it. I I learned most you. of my roasting um, on that machine, so I just have that. You know, I'm just biased it's about like that a, machine. It's yeah. just, you know, it's always gonna, I'm always gonna have a soft side about that machine. Okay, yeah. You also uh, most, like, it's like a, it's like an old friend. Yeah, it's a very old friend, but I hardly roast on it these days, okay, right? Okay. So, um, like, very minor, like, one, I'm thinking about two to three kilo batches, like, if I have a very special coffee, I might roast on it, if okay. I have very minimum amount of it. But uh, past couple of years, it, my most of my roasting has been on the twenty five and the Loring S seventy. Honestly, if I'm looking based on productivity part of it, yeah. Loring because I can save so much time on roasting on the Loring compared to the Pro batches. Yeah. I can do, I uh, 
I found a way to do big batches uh, in a way where I can achieve exactly what I want to achieve with the probat or something similar. Not if exact, um, eighty yeah. to ninety percent of the time it's very close. Yeah. So even if I send my customer, it's hard for them to tell what's you know they they're not going to be tweaked out that oh my grinder has gone five notches on the grinder what did you do something different with the coffee or something like that Mm -hmm. you know so that yeah but it's very hard to tell because uh, i think luring is good in its own you know it has its own pros and cons and i think every roast yeah every roast but honestly i I love roasting on the p5 man it's the yeah it's the best i mean we we have so obviously your P5 is a probat five kilo series one. Yeah. 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 So yeah. honestly, atmospheric burn. Yes. Right? Yes. See, we have the we have the series. We have the series two. Yeah. But the very first model of the premix yeah. combustion burn. Yeah, combustion burn. So, I mean, I I, I dig it. I mean, the P twenty five six kilo batches on a twelve. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so yeah, for me, it's like... 50 kilo is a perfect... I know. 50% is a perfect capacity. Yeah, so... I do 10 kilos on a 25. And that's what you hit your... That's my... Part. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's about 45% of the capacity. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because our milk, our milk we roast at nine. Yeah. And I still got heaps of control. Yeah. But I'm not roasting them as... As, like nippy as a, as a vibrant as our shorter roasts you know our, our shorter roasts are we're not roasting actually that quick anymore we lengthen them a little bit but wouldn't years. it not be as vibrant because of the development factor in well yeah but i mean like i'm, I'm okay with a longer roast for milk yeah yeah I mean, like i'm fine yeah with yeah, yeah i mean when you're doing milk. a milk base you're always looking for a yeah. balance our, our, our milk surprisingly you'd be surprised at how little development Milk yeah, but it's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. yeah. I've enjoyed your milk base. Have you drunk it recently? Uh, no, not, not milk base. I've had some of your single origins. Yeah. yeah I, I think I had one of your Rwandans the other day. Okay, yeah. yeah some, one of my boys brought it in. So. That's nice. Yeah. They should drop it in the store and give it to them. You drop, tell them to drop us. Uh, but uh, let's cop. We, there's always a sample of made of many in let's cop. So there's always copying. Yeah, you can't lie a cop. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it's super interesting. I love. I love that. Yeah. Initiative. Yeah, always in my top five. Really? Yeah. Sick. Love it. Yeah, but I, wish I, I should do top five. Yeah, you like should. You, guys, you should. You guys would actually always be in there too. Yeah, I'm not to just like yeah. you know. Yeah. Not just stroke each other's yeah. egos, but yeah, but yeah. I think should. I think also where it's very important. One thing that's relative that's also good for listeners is we're Sydney, and we like have this probably we're part of the this little ecosystem where we like we have probably a similar roast degree that we yeah. enjoy. So a lot of the time, I think even when we do the this let's cup, you know, we're one let's cup yeah. video from um. Yeah. we're always going to have this bias towards um, yeah. like roast degrees yeah. because we're just like inside this market yeah. where this roast degree works 
And we, um, Namira and I were discussing earlier that our roast colours on roasted coffee. Roasted coffee. We're quite like we've, we've never talked about yeah. roasting colours before, but yeah. we're like we've been inside a couple points of yeah. each other probably. And we so agreed on it. Yeah. So we're like we're, we're kind You're of hitting the same colours. Similar I'm destinations, hitting. you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the way to go, right? I yeah. think uh, one of the things that I don't see, uh, especially outside. Uh, um, my work jurisdictions where people don't really share. I think there should be you know, more sharing within the industry mm. in terms of what they're doing and whatnot. Because a lot of people, what I've seen, they don't want to share. Um, you feel still feel like yeah, like especially like with of, someone outside of each other. Like, yeah, 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 it's 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 hard because I don't know. What, what's the whole idea about it but you know I'm, I'm always happy to share you know you can always yeah. you know I'll share the whole autobiography it's what yeah. I've done so far from you know because uh, discussion leads to I think better understanding to what you do and it also makes you realize what you already know yeah absolutely do. yeah so I think I'm always looking for opportunities like that to you know share ideas and bounce ideas with I'm anyone I'm always listening to these yeah. like coffee podcasts and stuff just trying to find like yeah little tiny a lot of the time it's more even sometimes it's like philosophical like little things you know I was listening to um uh, I was listening to uh, Thule to one of his I think Eker podcast, Lucia, yeah, yeah, Eker yeah. Eker, he did a very good job. Lucia Solis, yeah, yeah, and they were talking about uh, obviously the the issues with processing and just saying washed or just saying yeah, there's just so much stuff. Yeah, there's so on. much going on, and that there should be like a better way to communicate. Yeah, and we've been like our team, like Josh and I have been Josh and I, Junji as well, but Josh and I have been thinking a lot about. This is a real problem. Like, how do we actually communicate stuff? Yeah. A lot of the time, people know that our coffees, because we don't buy lots of, like, crazy processed coffees or natural coffees, they have a general expectation yeah. of our coffees. But, like, we've been... Obviously, like, we're using more, like, dry fermentation or wet fermentation terminology. But still, a lot of the time, like, I had to turn to... Like, this podcast, it illuminated this reality that, like, we do need better language. And you, we've got to, we've got to, we'll have to just talk more about it. Not yeah. Only when they started talking about it. Yeah. Was I just like, of course, like this I is think just, this is just bad. We just had, we just don't have good terminology. Yeah. In order I to think communicate if, real. If we're just talking based on processes and keeping it to washed honey and natural, there should be a sector we should where we should just be defining the fermentation on its own. Yeah. Because within each for each processes like washed there's, yeah. there's a lot of different variations within the wash um for instance doing um extended fermentation yeah where where you are fermenting the cherries before you're starting the whole procedure yeah right? absolutely and yeah that I mean, has a big impact in your yeah, we, flavor profile yeah we have like i mean the same with um this is pepe coffee that i was talking yeah. to you about from manhattan is yeah. Essentially, it's like depulped, left in anaerobic piles. Yeah. Like for 24, 48 hours or 
or something like that. It's huge fermentation to be happening, uncontrolled, oxidizing, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, that needs to be communicated. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a direct, it's really like it's a complete direct um, character in the coffee for sure. 100%. Because I'm like, what's going on with this processing wise? But I was at the same time because I really like the coffee. It's like, I really enjoy it because it's like really highlighting certain acidity styles. I actually was like, I thought that potentially it was Ecuador or I thought Colombia, like maybe Colombia Tipica. That's what I thought it could be, like something like that, because it was like emulating that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very common. And uh, I think even uh, honestly with what I've been having, like for instance, uh, high-end coffee, for instance, right? Uh, there's a big trend going on with um, almost like a semi-hybrid um, coffee processing that is, that's been going on recently with dehydrated fruits and whatnot. Have you come across any one of them where... Yeah, like... Like, for instance, a... Peach. Yeah, peach or peach, strawberry. Robust, or strawberry. Or passion or fruit or something like that, right? That's completely different. It's a completely different... Form, yeah. yeah, honestly, but I think... Yeah. If you think about it, because most of the time people think, oh, it's not coffee, it's not genuinely coffee, and uh, it's outside the realm of coffee. But I th- honestly, I think there is a room for it and... There has to be a room for it. Honestly, for people, some places, uh, as you know, the whole thing going on with the coffee, but some of the farms that are not even pro- producing the yield that they normally produce, right? Yeah. So um, what are they? What are we going to do with them? Because some of the people just run out of business in terms of their growth and yeah. not having business in, in general. So um, they come up... I think for people like that, I think these methods and processes will, to some degree, work, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think on, on that, I think, obviously, if you do a co- coffee that's like your, let's say your your processes are pretty tight, yeah. and you're, you've got coffee that's scoring, let's say it's scoring 85. Yeah. Or 84, 83. Uh, 83. Yeah. But yeah, let's yeah. Say, yeah, let's say something like 83, yeah. right? No one's going to look at it towards... For like a micro lot, yeah. But you can, yeah. I'm oversimplifying a much more complicated process, yeah. But you can put some dehydrated fruit or some yeah. fruit from your farm yeah. inside of a tank, yeah. Um, close some stuff off, pump it with CO two, and let it ferment for forty eight hours, yeah. And then go through your regular wash ferment, and all of a sudden your coffee to most people, people will be was like eighty six, yeah, or something, yeah. yeah. It's like, why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, maybe you can put food on the table. Yeah, sure, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I would do that. Yeah, no, I, th- I think fermentation. Yeah, I mean, and, and that kind of like. The, honestly, there's a room is, for it. It is flavor manipulation. I think yeah. there has to be like clarity on that. We, we classically don't buy that kind of stuff. Yeah. But. I'm more and more just like you and I was talking about this. I like, more honest, and more I see like, the value in uh, it. What I see, um, like if the coffee doesn't have any character and it's just portraying a fruit profile, yeah, that's a little bit 
outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, no. Right? Yeah. It has to be in a way where the fruit highlights the characteristics of the coffee. So basically binding the process into the right varietal or doing it the right way. Yeah. For instance, right? Yeah. Or um, in the case of where we're saying the the lower quality. Coffee. Yes. Maybe someone's got a farm yeah. that's only so got who's scoring seventy eight, you know? It's a, or someone's there got are a, coffees, a, a yeah. varietal with lots yeah. of bitterness or something. Yeah, or who has had half the production of what he's supposed to have, you know? Um, yeah, I they got to maximize it. They got to maximize it, you know? So, yeah. I mean, people are doing all sorts of things. There's some crazy stuff. stuff. Yeah, going It's on. bizarre. So, why it's not that? Me, man, like, still, I'm just like... I think you should roam the idea, man. I mean, at least... Well, we, we actually just... So, I mean, I'm like... We, we're just buying now one of those copies. Mm. And so... Which one did you get? Peach? Did you yeah. get the peach? <laughs> I got the same one as well. <laughs> well this will be so good because I'm going to share. Yeah. But, but the, you know, for me, it was really hard to buy it. Yeah. Because... But it was so great. Well, it's also because, like... Uh, yeah, the, the, obviously, I know that... I know that we, we both know that the exporter really well. And yeah. we know that the exporter is... The importer and it's also yeah. the family. Yeah, it's his family's yeah. farm and yeah, and so, there's a story behind it, you know. Yeah, so we know like obviously it's Carlos's dad's farm. Yeah, and like, but they're doing these kinds of things to help inspire and innovate. Yeah, and for me that's the biggest thing to support. Yeah, is like Carlos's. Is, yeah. for me he's been a great supporter of us yeah. and small roasters yeah. and like. He's always in and around. He's visiting the cafe. He's visiting other places. He's very supportive. Um, and yeah, like any initiative like this, if this can in any way improve people's livelihoods in producing countries, I'm like 100% for it. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be like, your coffee has to be... 1800 meters or higher yeah. fully washed yeah like very little fermentation yeah. super clean and then they're good because like some people don't have the altitude they don't have the varietals they don't have the like super clean facilities and processing facilities sometimes they don't even have the facilities at all to process their coffee and what are they left with nothing they, i mean their coffee could be just worthless or it could be worth something yeah and that's important for us to at least consider exactly and know how to roast yeah. Also, what if climate, the climate change? Yeah, in that case, destroys so much I, stuff. I'm, that I'm just gonna reveal yeah. something. Yeah. I just bought five of his um, peach, uh, passion fruit. Did you buy the orange? Yes. That was a good copy. Yeah. Josh loved the orange. He was a bit dirty that I bought the peach. Yeah, and then it was uh, strawberry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And mint. So mint. We, yeah. Does it mint taste around? So yeah. Um, I didn't even get offered that one. We're doing a bubblegum box with our drip bags. So basically, we're going to be putting these five processes in that box. I know who's getting that first box. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> <was> asking for <laughs> Well, uh, honestly, I would do uh, myself deliver it to you. Yeah. Um, I'd love to taste it. Yeah. Like, so much. So. And that's actually the whole reason like, why really, really, yeah. I think it's going to work because yeah. there's a market for it. Yeah. I, th I, I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, when I tasted these coffees, I just know so many people who will enjoy it. Yeah. Whenever we run anything funky, yeah. 
like people just like they love it yeah. and i don't understand why because like i cup it one week and i'm like oh that's fun yeah i cup it the next week and i'm like okay we're roasting it better but now i'm starting to hate it and then by three weeks four weeks i'm done but i cup it on the cupping table because we have to yeah to like keep improving it yeah and most of the time i keep improving it and trying to make it taste less processing <laughs> the whole time <laughs> It's just like this ongoing, yeah. like trying to make it. I mean, it's pretty hard, but yeah. yeah. So I like, honestly, like there, there were some processes that were a, a little too intense, where mm. you I mean, wouldn't get. Really intense. I think they did the peach really well this time, yeah. honestly, compared to last time. Ah, uh, right, okay. Because uh, some, some of the times it's just no coffee, it's just the fruit overtaking the whole coffee dynamics right yeah. your, your whole beverage experience is of fruit you don't want that you you want coffee to be the center of the whole experience other than you know something else otherwise yeah. what's the point you're drinking coffee right yeah uh, it needs to have that coffee element to it at least yeah so yeah, i think there is a room for it and uh, from innovative point of view i think that's something new and i think people should start working on you know different approaches leading yeah. to you know different inventions yeah i had an interesting coffee that it was i don't exactly know how your process was also by manhattan but it was a decaf Wow. So it was done by Diego Bermudez, the oh, wow. Harry. So, yeah. so it was very like extremely controlled, but then went through decaffeination and it was phenomenal. Like we're talking like heaps fruity, no decaf process, just like crazy competition flavors. Like, you know, you know, like a lot of those kind of like anaerobic kind of esters going on, like a lot of like that strawberry kind of vibe going on. Very tropical, super delicate, super sweet, amazing clarity. And I'm thinking, this is decaf. This is like I've, I've for a deep for a decaf drinker who has been drinking coffee who wouldn't like who drinks filter decaf? Very rarely. Yeah. Like, it's like almost doesn't exist. Scott Ray or Almost. Does he? Yeah, there yeah, you go. He loves Zika. Yeah. He drinks Zika. Yeah. Because of, he can improve his um, brewing processes probably without getting over caffeinated. Yeah. Something like that. You know, like can continually brew better and better, 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 better coffees, versions of a decaf, whatever. But if decaf can get really experimental and fun for people to experience flavor. Yeah. Or different true. coffee flavors. Yeah then this is super interesting to me. I mean... You should taste this coffee. Oh, but I still, after, I after, after, after the experience that you just described, I should. Yeah, I, we, had something we, like we, we, we did it blind, we didn't know it was decaf. And it was like my second favorite coffee on the table. Honestly, the first coffee experience that I had, one of my, like, the reason why I went to, chose my career in coffee, Yeah. Uh, was not a decaf, honestly, but there, there was a, defa a de de decaf on the table where um, it was like, oh, wow, what's that, right? So me, honestly, when I started my career, um, I was a barista. 
Um, Where did you work, actually? First job? Yeah. I was at a coffee emporium. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a franchise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a franchise brand. Which one? Like, where I was at Parramatta below Event Cinemas. And did you used to come and visit Nawa? Nah, Nawa used to work there on Saturdays, man. Really? Yeah. He used to, because the guy, I mean, Nawa was planning to open a roastery way back. Yeah, so, yeah. so was this one so he was, was this he had already found a place and he was looking at it and uh, the guy who owned the shop the the, the coffee emporium was his friend so michael uh, shout out shout out michael boss yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh now i used to help him out for a few hours on saturdays and i used to see now this dude you know, majestic dude with a man bun and yeah. you know pouring rosettas because man, I didn't know how to do that. And yeah. um, he was the first dude who made coffee taste great for me. So wow. I used to drink cappuccino to sugars, of course, before yeah. anything else. So did right. Yeah. So first time I asked him make me a coffee, he was like, uh, "What do you want? He's what do you one. drink?" So he gave. I told him I drink a cappuccino to sugar. He's like, he made me a cappuccino and he was like, no sugars today, just drink it. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I was like, what? And then it's like classic. Coffee. I just had a sip. It was like uh, a mocha. It was literally like a mocha, but no chocolate. Yeah. Uh, maybe a bit of chocolate dust, dust on yeah, top yeah, of it, yeah. but it was like, it was, a mo- it was, it was very rich. So yeah, that was my first coffee experience where I was like, okay, coffee can taste very different to what, you expect. To what I expect. Yeah. And then the second experience was like where I caught, you remember a company called Silo? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, uh, owned, it was owned by Seven Seeds. Yeah, company, right? yeah, yeah. 